I'm just going to go back. and I didn't even preach the verse this morning. You can stand. I wasn't going to have you stand. But what is it with this standing around here lately? I said I wasn't going to have you stand. But anyway, some eager beavers. Let's go ahead and stretch them legs a little bit. And uh, I didn't really preach the verse this morning. And so I'm just going to come back and preach it tonight. And um, I pray you to be a help to us. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 11 says, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Father, Lord, thank you for the church. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the good testimonies and the singing. I pray that you'll give us liberty the next few moments to say whatever you would lay on our heart to say tonight, that you might be glorified. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I mentioned this morning, and so I'll just mention it again. I may repeat myself, but I think it's just in order tonight. Uh, to mind the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> when we come to 2 Samuel chapter 23, uh, we've seen the speech of David and we have seen <clears throat> the spear of Adino and the sword of Eleazar, now the stand of Shammah. And Shammah will teach us about taking a stand as he stood, the Bible says in verse number 12, in the midst of the ground. And so the Bible talks about his stand. David <clears throat> reminded us about the raising up and the responsibility and the reality and the resistance of leadership and Adino taught us about the character, the courage, the conflict and the conquering of real leadership, how that his ability and his majesty and his loyalty was what made him great. You know tonight I remind us once again because we can never be reminded too much and the only thing great about any of us tonight is the king that we serve. Amen. And Jesus Christ is a king that is worth serving. Amen. And when we come to Eliezer uh, we see that Eliezer taught us the, uh, the importance of not quitting. Amen. And in the day of quitters, you and I need to be reminded that we do not need to quit. Amen. He didn't quit in spite of the controversy that he faced and the cowards who fled in the conflict that he fought. He was in it to win for the honor and the glory of God. And even though the cleaving of his flesh to that sword, the uh, sword was cle uh, cleaved to his flesh, uh, he stayed true in the battle. And because he stayed in the battle, uh, God gave gave him a great victory. These men uh, were men of God, mighty men, the Bible says. They were David's mighty men. And you and I tonight can be mighty men uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. I think you'll agree with this, that we need some mighty men and some mighty women in this hour. How do you become a mighty man or a mighty woman for God? I'll tell you how. You just stay faithful in the fight. Amen? You don't give up, you don't give in, and you don't quit. Amen? And what you and I are not able to do, uh, these verses teach us tonight uh, that God will take us beyond ourselves and he will help us to win the victory. Amen. Eleazar's name means that, that God has helped. Amen. And you know, you, every one of us tonight would have to raise our hand and say that every battle that we have fought.
fault. And every victory that we have won, it's been God that has helped us every step of the way. I've not done it in and of myself, in my own strength, in my own power, but he's given me the victory just as he has you. And at the end of the day, he ought to get the glory. Isn't that right? He ought to be the one that's praised. He ought to be the one that's magnified. These men were not about themselves. They were not even about the king that they served. Uh, even though they were serving David, they knew who David loved. Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. And I think the testimony of David reflects in these men that work unserved under him. These men that fought in the battle. One, they learned about the battle. And in the hard times of life, they learned it from David when he was a fugitive. You know, tonight God will let every one of us go through hard times uh, and he'll let us go through some difficult times in life in order that he might strengthen us and teach us uh, how to lead others along life's way. You've heard it said many times that you can't lead people any further than you've been yourself. And if you and I have never faced adversity, if we have never faced criticism or conflict, then we'll be absolutely no use to anyone else. Uh, uh, David was no stranger to that and God developed him uh, and he de developed the men around him that was faithful and that stood with him. I'll just encourage you in this tonight uh, that if you'll stay in the fight and if you'll stay with the man of God and you'll stay with the church and you'll stay with the book, amen, as God is working and as God is moving and as God is developing his work, uh, he'll develop those uh, that stay along with it, amen. You know what I think about when I think about people that did not stay? I'm preaching tonight on the leader who stayed in his place. When I think about people that did not stay tonight, here is the, here is the thing that comes to my mind the, the most. I think about what they missed. I think about, I don't know where some of them are at tonight. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how some of them's life has turned out. Some we know, some we don't know. Uh, listen, some have went another way. Uh, but when I think about people that, that walk away from God and walk away from the church and, and walk away from the man of God, they're really not walking away from us as much as they're walking away from him. But we all feel that disconnect. And when I think about those people that have walked away, I think about the jubilees that they've missed. I think about the good revival meetings that have helped our hearts and helped our homes that they weren't here, that they didn't get a part of. I think about their children that may have went another way and, and they never got saved and they could have been here. Maybe they would have been one that would have got saved in a jubilee had they been here, but they're gone tonight and, and they missed out. I want to say tonight that I'm glad I can raise my hand. I'm not much of a soldier, but thank God I'm still in the battle tonight uh, and I've not missed out. Amen. I mean we may have faced our uh, uh, giants and we may have faced our enemies tonight but it is a good fight. Amen. Uh, Paul said fight the good fight of faith and can I tell you something tonight uh, uh, the best fight, the best battle I've ever known uh, uh, to be in is in the Lord's battle. Amen. Uh, we're on the right side. Isn't that right? We are on the winning side. Uh, we're on the good side tonight and it just feels good uh, in 2023 to still He'll be in the fight. Hallelujah. Now I want to say the only way you stay in the fight is by staying in your place tonight. 
Shammah stayed in his place. I thought about it. When you think about this place in this text here tonight, it was a little place. Look what the Bible says in verse number 11. The Bible says that where was a piece of ground. It's not a very large place. Listen, Shammah doesn't have a big, wide, open acres and acres, nothing to boast about. It's just a little place. You know, you might be here tonight and say, well, I'm not the general of a great army. I don't have some big title. I don't have some big recognition. And you say, preacher, what I have is my my life isn't very flashy to others. and My life isn't very impressive. And that is one of the things that I was talking about this morning that seemingly is missing in our day. People have built their life up so much to try to impress everybody but the Lord. Amen. And can I tell you, our Savior, He left the majestic. He left the glory. He left the splendor. And Jesus came down here and He didn't live a very famous life. He he didn't live a very uh, glorious life. He wouldn't have been putting His life on on social media. Uh, Jesus was a peasant and He lived a very simple life and He lived very poor. But He was uh, and still is the Son of God. Amen. Uh, You and I are to live uh, the way that God wants us to live. We are to be who God wants us to be and we're to live how God wants us to live and it may not impress a lot of people in this world but we're not out to impress the world. Can I get an amen tonight? What we have may not seem like much but I want to tell you what you need to do tonight and what I need to do. You need to bloom where God planted you. Amen. Listen, the place that you serve in, it may seem little and it may seem unknown to man but you bloom the place that God planted you. If God gave you some children, you raise those children in the fear and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. If he gave you a good husband, you be faithful to him. If he gave you a good wife, you go to work every day and you punch a clock and you work. Thank you, brother. You work and you live. Listen, you earn an honest day's living and you come home and bring a paycheck home and you pay the bills and you be the husband and you be the daddy and you get that family to church on time for Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night and you make sure they get to prayer meeting night on Wednesday night and you teach them the Bible you say what is that? That's staying in your place. It may seem little to this world. I'll tell you when you watch them children walk down the aisle and you watch them get saved and then you watch them walk down the aisle and you watch them marry in the will of God you won't seem like a little place on them days. It'll seem like a very large place. I'm talking about to this world it was just a piece of ground but it meant everything to him tonight. Amen. I want to say it was not only a little place in this verse, but it was a lonely place. Amen. Because the Bible said the people fled from the Philistines. Now I want to tell you tonight, sometimes when it comes to leadership and serving God, you're going to feel lonely. Amen. You're going to feel lonely. God puts us all there in this life. Not just preachers, not just preachers' wives, 
But I think sometimes this society has trouble with that because of young people, listen to me. That's the dangers, and I've said so much about social media lately, and I'm not just trying to rob a, uh, to ride a hobby horse, but I see how detrimental it has become to this younger generation because you're not supposed to be connected with everybody all the time. I'm telling you, there's something about the Bible says to be still and know that I am God. And that's not just having a devotion. That verse isn't just talking about a devotional time every day. There are places in life where God is going to have you and I walk that it's going to feel like you're walking all by yourself and you're not supposed to have everybody around. I'm not supposed to have everybody around. You say, why is that? It's a time in our life when God is developing us. I'm not talking about isolation. I'm not talking about getting away from everybody. I'm just talking about there's going to be times uh, when you could be in a room full of people but yet you'll feel like you're on an island all by yourself and it's not the people in the room uh, it's the place where God has got you at and a thousand people can come by and whisper security and surety in your ear but it's not going to help you until the Holy Ghost ministers to your heart and you're going to have to learn uh, there's going to be some times in the Christian life uh, where it's going to be lonely amen but you're never alone. You know how you learn you're never alone? You gotta first feel like you are alone so you can know that you're never alone. I'm telling you, I'd have never knew the truth to that. But sometimes uh, you got to feel like you're all by yourself. Sometimes you got to feel like you're standing all alone. Uh, sometimes you got to feel like you're going through something nobody knows. Uh, and there's no reason to even try to explain it to nobody. Sometimes you got to learn to walk uh, just one foot in front of the other and just trusting God with every single step. Uh, why does He put us in those places? Uh, I'm going to tell you why. It's there that we know and that we learn that we are never alone that when nobody can help us he can when nobody is there he is there when there's nowhere to turn to thank God he is there always standing in the shadows you will find Jesus amen I like to listen to this one old song every now and then I'll pull it up on, on my phone I like that old song through it all. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I like the dear brother that wrote that song. I like to hear his testimony when he wrote that song, Through It All. And uh, I like that part of that song. That always gets me. That said, if I never had a problem, I would have never known that God could solve them. I don't like problems. I'm about to think myself happy is what I'm about to do. I don't like problems. But if I'd have never had a problem, I'd have never known that my God could solve them. And you know, I'm thankful tonight for every problem that I ever had, God has solved every one of them. Woo! I'm talking about big problems and I'm talking about little problems. I'm talking about problems tonight that seem like mountains 
and problems that seem to just gnaw at you a little bit at a time. But the same God that takes care of the big is the same God that comes and helps you in the little times. Oh, the same God that walks with you in the times of sunshine. He's the same God that'll walk with you in the shadows. He will hold your hand, thank God. He'll be there when no one else can. He knows every heart and every heartbreak. He knows every emotion and the fear and the frustration and he knows how to give grace. He knows how to be the healing balm of Gilead to the soul of man. But you gotta go through some lonely times in life. You gotta learn it if you're ever going to be a leader. I looked at this verse Give you three, four thoughts and I'm done very quickly. Why did this, why did Shammah stand when everybody else left? I mean, that's impressive, isn't it, tonight? He's not the only one that took this kind of stand. And tonight, if you feel like you're standing alone, I want you to know you're not the only one that's ever had to stand when it seemed like you were standing alone. Why did this man stand when everybody else had fled. I think it was because of the crop. Look what the Bible says in verse number 11. The Bible said that the Philistines gathered together in a troop where was a piece of ground. Notice this. It was full of lentils. I mean, there was a crop here. Some say it was barley. Some say it was a little uh, pea. I read different types of uh, commentary. One said this, one said the other. You say, what do you believe? I believe don't neither one of them know what they're talking about. It's what I believe, amen. It was either barley or it was a, a little pea a like a, 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 a little uh, uh, that they would put in that soup there. And so it's defined in different types and ways. You can draw your own conclusion about that. But what I do know is there was a crop there. And I know the Philistines have built a troop around it and they had intentions of coming in and taking what wasn't theirs and probably destroying that. You know what what the devil does? He don't ever build anything because he don't know how. He can't produce anything because he doesn't give any life. Amen. But what he will do is he'll come in and take what God's give you and just like a preacher better protect the congregation as a leader you better protect your home as a leader. You better protect your wife your husband, your children. You better build a hedge. You better set a watch and you watch out for your family, amen? And a man of God's to watch for the church. He's to be a watchman and that's our responsibility. Why? Because the devil, if he sees a crop somewhere, guess what? He's going after it, amen? And the world's gonna go after it and what does the world do? They'll take it from you and they'll destroy it and they'll devour it, amen? I think Shammah stood because his ground was full of lentils. Look tonight where you're at. Look at what God has given you. You see, the world tonight wants us to get our eyes on somebody else or something else at what they have. But don't look at what somebody else has tonight. I want you to just kindly push all that out of view for just a moment. And I want you to think about what God has given you tonight. 
Look at what you have. Think about what God has blessed you with. Has he not given you much? Has he not given you more than what you ever anticipated? I mean, look down that aisle, look around. Uh, probably that individual you got your arm around tonight or you're sitting next to, uh, or maybe they're sitting across the church somewhere. Uh, and you think about your home. You think about your children. You say, Brother Gravely, I don't have, uh, I don't have those things tonight. Well, look around this congregation. Uh, God's put you in a place tonight. He's given you a good church to go to. He's given you brothers and sisters in Christ. God's filled our life with good things tonight. He let us be born in America. He's let us hear the gospel. He's let us enjoy freedom. He's let us be in the South. He's let us be in a good church. He's put a King James Bible in our lap and Jesus in our heart. He's written our name in heaven. He's given us the promise of eternity and he's given us a family to take with us I'm telling you God has given us a piece of ground and it is full tonight amen and tonight you need to stay in your place for your family for your church think about it tonight church member this church needs you is that right this church needs you to be in your place Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night this church needs you to be faithful if there's anyone here tonight you say well, I thought about just going somewhere else and starting all over, no you need to stay in your place where God puts you, amen you need to be faithful, you say why because God's blessed you here I probably used this illustration before but if someone said to me one time they said well I'm just going somewhere else and I knew they was slipping I knew they was going down a, a slippery slope and I said you're going to get out the will of God and they said oh brother Gravely you think the only place you can go to church and be right with God is Bible Baptist Church I said for you and your family absolutely 100% I said God saved you here he saved your two brothers here he saved one of your children here he saved your daddy here I said you'd be a fool to walk away from this place and I mean every word of that amen you know what they walked away anyway and their home fell apart and other terrible wicked things happened to their home I'm telling you not that to scare you but to warn you tonight uh, you better listen to the man of God uh, I'm telling you if God's put you in a good place uh, you better thank God where he's put you uh, and listen don't you say well I want this to happen in there you better look around and see what you have uh, rather than what you think you're missing tonight uh, you better just be grateful uh, that God uh, has spared you and took care of you this part of the way hallelujah isn't that right we have much to be thankful for don't we Stay in your place. Don't move until God says so. What's been anointed, what's been appointed in your life, what's been abandoned, what's not getting done while you're going other places and doing other things. You can't be all things to all people or the things that matter most in your life will suffer. What I'm saying is you've got to stay with what God has given you. Why did he not leave? Why did he stay in his place? Because of the crop. And then it, certainly it was because of the cowards. Amen. And I'm not going to emphasize it much because we've already seen it in the text verses before but the Bible does say the people fled from the Philistines they were more afraid of the Philistines than they were the God and the consequences of their cowardness amen I want to tell you tonight I don't want to quit and I don't want to back down and I don't want to give in to this world you know why because I do fear God amen I'm telling you listen he's been too good to me but at the same time I fear the Lord and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge amen you young people hear me tonight 
mind. Hey, you stay in this church. You stay with God. Don't you get out of church. Don't you start slipping. You know why? Because there is a God you're going to answer to. Amen. And if you're saved, you're going to answer a whole lot sooner. And if you're not saved, you're going to die out there in this world and go to hell. You better think about it tonight. You better listen to me tonight. I can sometimes as a pastor, I can look at some people and I can tell they're going in the wrong direction. Amen. Listen. Some of you young people tonight, you're struggling. Some of you young adults, you're struggling. And I love you tonight. Listen to me. Ain't being mean. Don't go any further. Pull it back. Whatever, and if you're into something you ain't supposed to be into, come talk to your preacher. I'll help you. And I'll tell you tonight, don't, don't start slipping. Don't start... You know, don't start getting away from God. Once you get out of this thing, you say, well, I'm not going to get completely out. You start thinking that way, you will. Your place is needed tonight. There's not one person said in this building that you're not needed here. I don't care how old you are, how young you are tonight. We need everybody, and you need us, and we need you tonight. You need Bible Baptist Church. You, you need to be here under the preaching of the Word of God. It don't make no difference if I'm doing the preaching or who's doing the preaching. You need that Sunday school hour. You need that, you need that teacher to get up and teach the Word of God. I need that. You need that in your life. You say, well, I don't see the results of it. You start slipping and sliding. You're going to see the results very fast. I'm telling you, listen, sometimes we don't see what all God is doing in our life. But don't you get out. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you go another way. Don't you let the world suck you in to their belief. I'm telling you tonight, you get away from anything that draws you away from out into this world. Don't you get engaged. And don't talk. Hey, can I say this tonight? Don't have friends and don't connect with friends on social media that are not going to live for God. In fact, don't even make that way your, your way of connection. Amen. You let God bring people in your life that needs to be in your life. Don't you go hunting people. You're going to get hooked up with the wrong person every time. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know where they did. And you don't know the consequences it could bring in your life. Young people tonight, you don't find a mate on some, what do you call it, christiandating.com. If there, like there is a such thing as that. You don't, find, you don't find a mate that way. You don't get out there. Listen, you don't go looking for someone. You let God bring you the person. You just wait on God. And, and I don't think I even have to make this statement in this church, but I've preached on everything. Lord, I might as well say it. I've said everything else. And, and if you can keep on coming back, then you'll, you'll swallow this very easy. Amen. But at the same time, let's don't match make people neither. Can I get an amen right there? I don't believe, listen, you're not Cupid, amen. You're not flying around here with a bow and arrow and wings and thank God half-dressed too, you know. But I'm telling you, you're not Cupid, amen. Don't go around and hook people up and play matchmaker. You don't know the will of God for people's life. I don't know the will of God for people's life. Now somebody, some young man that loves God, I have introduced them to some young lady because that's what they wanted, amen. And then I walked off and said, Lord, thy will be done, amen. If it don't work, it ain't on me, amen. 
I'm just telling you, but I ain't going around and, uh, and matching people up. Uh, I don't believe in that mess. Uh, I believe God's big enough to bring people together. I believe he'll put them at the right place at the right time. Uh, he's big enough to let them know what his will is for their life. Uh, best thing I can do for people is pray for them and give them as, as best the counsel from the word of God as I can if they need it. Amen. But if they don't ask, I'm not volunteering. I'm just simply saying tonight, uh, uh, listen, you get the wrong person in your life. Uh, it'll get you out of church or it'll get you in another church and it in the right church. Uh, I'm just saying stay with it. I'm telling you live for God. Uh, don't let the Philistines, don't let the world uh, uh, draw you in tonight. Amen. Don't let this world get you. Don't let, you know, don't get hooked up and it don't even have to be young people. Be careful who your friends are. Witness to people, win people. But you know, if you the people you work around, you're to be a testimony to them. But you know, you get in trouble, you start going hanging out with people. Amen. They don't have the same convictions you got. It ain't just for young people neither. I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll get your thinking warps what it'll do. And I believe when you get married, you ought to go home when you get off work. Can I get an amen right there? I don't understand these people get married and then they need a, you know, these, these ladies get married and then they got to have a, they got to, you know, have a weekend with the ladies. Or these men get married and they got to, they just got to get away from their wife and have a, have a weekend with the boys. You shouldn't have got married if that's the way you was going to live your life. But I'm telling you, when you get married, you go home to your family. Isn't that right? And you be there. We, you ought to want to go home to your family. You say, well, you know, man, you don't have to live with my wife. Well, you know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Amen. I mean, that's why I mean. I mean, just pray for us. all I can say. Amen. Uh, but, you know, uh, I don't know. Chew on some garlic or something, you know, and uh, go home. I don't know what to tell you to do about that. But you married her. Amen. So you got to go home to her. Uh, but listen, uh, uh, you know, uh, you've got to go home. You've got to be faithful. You want to hold your marriage together. You've got to be at the house. Can I get an amen right there? And you got to be together. One can't be off one where, uh, one place all the time and someone else somewhere else. Uh, God married uh, you together so you'd stay together. Amen. And stick together. And you got to learn how to do things together. Is that right tonight? I mean, it's just good to be together when you're married. Now, somewhere that's in that verse. You'll have to get a commentary to find it. But <laughs> I know what I was preaching on. The Philistines, the world. They'll take you away tonight. Why did he stay? Because of the crop, because of the cowards, because of conviction. Look at verse 12. But the Bible said he stood, I mentioned it this morning, he stood where? In the midst of the ground. You see, if you're going to defend something, you're going to have to get in the middle of it. If you're going to take out the giants, you're going to have to get in the middle of it. And Shammah stepped right out in the middle. He wanted every Philistine in that army to see him when they came. He wanted them to know they were going to have to come right smack in the middle if they were going to take this ground. He stood in the heart of what God had blessed him with. You got to stand in the middle of things. Hey, as a dad, get in the middle of your home. As a dad, get in the middle of your uh, your children's life. Amen. Uh, we don't believe just casting children out and letting them do what they want to. Hey, mother, you need to train those children. Amen. Uh, train them what's right. Train them what's wrong. Don't let them just go through life and say, well, uh, you know, I just don't believe in uh, uh, disciplining them about everything. 
everything and dictating their life. Oh no, God gave them to you and you're to train them and you're to teach them every single day. You're to teach them the Bible. You're to teach them character. You're to teach them discipline. You're to teach them a work ethic, amen. You're to teach them how to love and how to respect and how to obey. All these things, you have a responsibility and you can't just float them along through life and let, listen, a television set babysit them. You can't let a computer babysit them. You can't let somebody down the street babysit them. I'm telling you, you have to invest in their life. You're going to have to start when they're young and pour every bounce of God you can in them. Pour character in them. And you're going to have to build a hedge around them. You say, why? That's the ground God gives you. You get in the middle of that. Amen? Get in the middle of your marriage. Invest in your husband. Invest in your wife. I mean, listen, invest in the home that God has given you. Amen? And even as a pastor, we have to invest, don't we? We have to invest in the Sunday school. I don't know a thing about singing or playing instruments, but we have to invest. We have to be involved. You can't just, a pastor just can't say, well, you know, Brother Sam, go do what you want to. And he hasn't asked that, but I can't say that. No, there has to be expectations. There has to be boundaries. And I have to have those same things tonight. Uh, you know, that's why we have a deacon's meeting every month. There's expect- there's boundaries. You have to invest in that Sunday school hours as a pastor. You have to find out, hey, how's it going in that, in that class? And you have to find out what can we do. You know, we always are going to be doing what we can to make everything better around here. Can we get an amen? He said, but preacher, why does everything have to be better than it was? I'm going to tell you why. Because it keeps the slack up and it keeps complacency out. If you and I ever get to the place where we can say, well, this is as good as it could ever be for the glory of God. You know what that is? That's complacency in capital letters. That goes for me tonight. I'm telling you as a preacher, if I say, well, this is just the way I'm going to do it from here on out and we're just not going to keep pressing forward. We just, I mean, everything's going good. Let's just ride it on out. Hey, that's getting an ease in Zion, friend. That's how you start start bearing a church. That's how you start sending it in the, in, the, in the opposite direction. Amen. That's why we have choir practice. You say, I get tired of going to choir practice. Well, I'm telling you, you ought to thank God you got a choir to sing in. Amen. And you ought to just come on to choir practice with a smile. I don't know if you come frowning or smiling. I'm just preaching tonight. I'm just simply saying, and if you don't come, you ought to come. Get an, get an amen right there. I'm just simply saying, be faithful. Get involved. Invest. And we got to get in the middle of things this is not an indictment on this church I think we got a lot of good young couples in our church but do you realize and I think every young couple probably knows what I'm about to say you probably see it other places on the job but we live in a time when everybody wants the best but a lot of people don't want to invest in it you say well we need to do this and well, I don't have time to do that I, well, preacher, I'd do it, but I can't. No, you, you can. You say, no, you don't know. I, I, I'm so busy. No, you can do it. And I'm going to tell you, I know you can do it because everybody before you did it and before me, they did it. Brother Gravity, I work so much. I know, but you, can't, you still can. Because when you want to go hunting, you can. God help you if you want to go play golf, but if you want to. I don't know why you'd want to. But you can. If you want to go shopping, you can. 
No, we make the time for the things that are important. And you do a great job. I'm not, I don't think I have to, but I'll tell you, we got to always keep it 100%. Is that right? And when something's going on around here, no, we got to have people who can. If we don't, one day we won't have those things. Spring revival. You can be here. Why, you know, and I understand some people do have to work. I understand those things. But you don't have to be mowing the yard those days. Say, so, man, my yard's, I already know it's going to be high Monday night. Well, let it get higher till Thursday. You can. You can be here every night. I work till 530. That's not even hard, is it? You can be here. You know, you, the, as the reason, I won't say this tonight, church. The reason I push hard a lot of times is because I know that if we don't keep pushing, I've seen when you don't. I've seen what happens when you don't. You go back to a church that was just like this one or just like this one tonight. You go back a year later and there's a drop off. You go back another year and there's another drop off. And it's quiet. When he used to be alive. And people used to come in and you can see it. Well, you can see the discouragement. I don't want to tear to you. And the only thing I don't do as a pastor is just do the same thing the Holy Spirit does to me. Oh, you can do this. You can do this. There's times I don't want to do things neither. I'm going to be honest with you. It's just the flesh, isn't it? But the Holy Spirit says you can. You can. You're going to do this. And tonight I want you to know that we can. We can go on for the glory of God. Shammah stayed in his place because of conviction. Do you have a real conviction? about your church tonight. Then I'll say in closing, he stayed in his place because of the captain. The Bible said in verse number 12, the Lord wrought a great victory. You know, I got a feeling, I don't know this, but I got a feeling here's Shammah standing in the middle of this pea patch. And here comes all these Philistines in a troop. And they look at him and they're like, we're going to take him down. One man in a little piece of ground, this won't even be much of a battle. But there was an unseen hand that them Philistines could not see. And Shammah was standing there, and it looked like that he was, and he was outnumbered, and it looked like there was no hope. All the odds was against him. But he knew something. You say, how did he know that God was with him because of verse number 9? Verse number 8, Adino lifted up his spear against how many? 800 who he slew at once. He knew it because of Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines that were there <clears throat> gathered together to battle. Notice this, and the men of Israel were gone away. And he arose and he smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand Clave unto the sword, and look at this, and the Lord wrought a great victory. 
And I see Shema standing there in the middle of that pea patch and here comes these Philistines and they're gonna, they got every intention of taking what's not theirs, what belongs to God and what's been given to him. And he takes the stand. He's gonna stay in his place. If it costs him everything he's got, he's gonna stay in his place. He, others have already fled. Already, others have already left. But he's just gonna stay where God put him. No matter the cost, he knows that if God took care of Adilo and if God took care of Eleazar and if God even took care of David, then the same God that took care of them will also take care of him. And can I tell you tonight, just like God didn't let them down, God didn't let him down. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God gave him a victory just like he gave the others. And God will give me the victory. And God will give you the victory if you'll just stay in your place. Hallelujah. They come get us a song ready tonight. You need God to give you a victory. Stay in your place. You feel like you're in a battle sometimes? Stay in your place. Stay with God. Stay true. Just stay in the battle. You say, well, I, the enemy's bigger than me. The enemy's always been bigger. The enemy's not bigger than God tonight. As we stand, if you need to come, we're going to sing an old song. Whatever, whatever you want to sing tonight, stay in your place. That's leadership. I will not be moved. I'm just going to wait on God. I'm just going to trust Him. He will give victory in due season. He'll do what needs to be done with those children. God will give you the victory if you stay in your place. In your marriage, stay in your place. Say, I'm in a rough patch. Stay in your place. He'll give you the victory. You'll come out. You say, I'm, I'm going through an emotional. I'm going through a time of depression. Stay in your place. Get up tomorrow and do what you're supposed to do tomorrow. And when nothing has changed, get up the next day and do what you're supposed to do the next day. Do that day in and day out. Do it week in and week out. Do it month in and month out. And if you have to, just do it year in and year out. Just stay in your place. I promise you, victory's on the way. If you'll trust him. While he leads this song, if you need to obey God, you do it tonight. I can hear my say.